A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cassette or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and joining me as ever are Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good. Hi, everyone. And James Larry Luskin, how you doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, good, thanks. Good stuff. Um, now, in this episode, we are looking at perhaps the greatest year in hip-hop history. The greatest. Um, 1994. Um, it's a year that saw loads of great albums released, but not just that, it saw loads of masterpieces released. Um, it's generally regarded as the year for hip-hop, when everybody was at their peak, at the height of their powers. Um, we've been looking forward to doing this episode for a while, chaps. How are you feeling? You excited? You hyped up to be looking at the '94 albums, Steve? Oh yeah, this I've been excited about this this episode. I think since we began, this, you know, so many rappers and uh, producers in their prime, doing bap sound. East versus West is kind of like really evenly balanced here. This is just going to be such a brutal World Cup. There's going to be so many great battles. Uh, yeah, can't wait for this episode. Yeah, you're looking forward to getting your teeth into these, Larry? Oh, yeah, absolutely the same. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it since uh, day one, hence why we've uh, kept the best to last, really. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we, we say the best to last, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, for this final, well, one of the final episodes in this series, we've uh, we've left our studio once again uh, at FIFA HQ and we've taken the show on the road. Uh, this uh, episode, we're at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, California, venue of the 1994 World Cup final between uh, Brazil and Italy. So no expense spared. We've blown all the budget again, chaps. Uh, what a wonderful town, wonderful city. Oh, We're um, in a box high up in the stadium, um, looking down onto the pitch. Um, it's a packed, packed stadium as well, isn't it? Packed stadium. Yeah, packed stadium, even with COVID protocols in place. Everybody's just crammed in to see this spectacle. You know, they, they've all been waiting for it. Um, this, uh, of course, the 94 World Cup is obviously best known for um, when Diana Ross uh, infamously missed a penalty in the opening ceremony. Uh, she, she she missed the goal, but the goal still split in half um, for some reason. Uh, I think in hindsight, perhaps it would have been better to ask somebody else to take that penalty. Um, perhaps five from the Tribe Called Quest, because as we know, famously, he can kick it. Um, he can, and, he, and he's quite sporty, isn't he, as well? Absolutely, yeah. Can I just get your thoughts on that joke, chat, Steve? Let's start with you. Uh, I didn't see that coming, actually. It was, that was rather good. Yeah, well done. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Larry, thoughts? Yeah, no, well, I mean, you can tell by my laughter how, yeah. how uh, much I liked it. It was a big clue as to your reaction. So, okay, well, let's get into how this show is going to work, shall we? So, uh, because 1994 was such a massive year for hip-hop, FIFA has decided to expand this World Cup to 16 albums uh, spread across two episodes uh, of the Hip Hop World Cup. Um, so what we've done, obviously, we've whittled it down to 16 of the best albums in our eyes from the year 1994, split them into two groups, and we're going to do uh, each group in turn. In this episode, uh, we're going to look at the round one matches, uh, largely the, the albums that lost, but uh, 
yeah, so we're going to be focusing on those in this episode. But, you know, if for any reason you don't know the full rules uh, of the Hip Hop World Cup and how it all works, here's a quick recap from our uh, official commentator. Ladies and gentlemen... So here are the rules. Using a scientific process of shortlists and horse trading, Danny, James and Steve agree on a list of eight albums from the chosen year, which will compete for the Hip Hop World Cup. In each round, our pundits draw the albums from a hat to decide who plays who, then discuss each match and vote for the album they want to win. Albums with the most votes progress through the rounds to the final, where the lads vote again to decide which album is the undisputed Hip-Hop World Cup champion. Let the games begin! Turning our attention to this World Cup then, Larry, uh, and True Score. Yeah. Um, I mean, I pretty much expect you've had to really prime it for yeah. this show. Are you, are you confident it can cope? It's There's a bit of an explanation. It's been, it's been a little bit problematic. Um, as you know, you know, True Score is a very heavy duty industrial piece of kit. It's got the might of British Leyland behind it. So, you know, by definition, very few things can go wrong. That being said, you know, 94 was always going to be a big, big challenge, even for the Mark III system uh, with the upgraded cylinders. The, the long and short of it really is that the engineers had to come and take it away. Uh, this week for what they described as, as a belt and braces refurbishment. Um, they have made promises about getting it back to me like in better condition than ever for the grand finale. Um, and the good news is they have managed to kind of give me a, a sort of alternative system. Um, some people kind of would say it's the next best thing. Others might say it's even better. It's actually a late 1980s digital system. Um, it's it's not a Leyland. Uh, it's actually a disc-based system. Um, it's based on the uh, old RM Nimbus computers. Um, they used to have them uh, like in schools to teach sort of IT skills. That had, that had sort of very little application in the real world. Um, and yeah, honestly, the processing power in these things is absolutely incredible. It, it can process a song, like a song every single hour. Wow! If you can if you can imagine that, so that yeah. and takes about two hours to load. Is that right? Takes t two hours to load up. Um, <laughs> if um, that's if you're successful on the first attempt, because obviously, <laughs> it's a, uh, <laughs> you do get you know you, you get do get a bit of uh, dust in the old in the drives of these old things. But yeah, yeah once it's up once it's up and loaded, oh, it it absolutely flies and it, it really crunches the numbers like you, like you wouldn't believe. So yeah, it's been it's been a been a real boom to have it. Right. Well, we're looking forward to don't seeing. Know, how I don't, it, don't know if I want to go back to the old system, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. This will be yeah. This is kind of the guinea pig episode for it. Then that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So uh, let's let's move on to some of the um, honourable mentions um, for nineteen ninety four. Obviously, with sixteen albums, um, there's not going to be a lot of those because most of them got in anyway. But um, before we move on to that, I just have to read another email we received. Oh yeah. From uh, one of our regular listeners who writes. Uh, dear Hip Hop World Cup, love the show. However, even though I don't know which albums you've chosen for the 1994 episode, I'm outraged that you haven't included A Constipated Monkey by Curious. 
This slept on banger features dope lyricism from Curious and some of the Beatnuts' best production from the era. Can't believe this didn't get in, and other inferior albums probably did. You guys are a joke. Yours sincerely, Kevin Keegan. P.S. I would love it if you talked about it. Harsh words there from <laughs> Kevin. Big fan of the show from the sounds of it, but a little bit put out by this. But he does yeah. have a point. Um, Curious, a Constipated Monkey, great album, um, and we can reveal now it's not in our 16. Uh, do you agree with Kevin, lads? Is that is that fair? You well, probably I'm, would have I, expected to see it in there, I, I suppose. Um, no, this is this is such a brutal World Cup. I think the 16 that are in are a good choice. There's a there's there's one album we have to talk about in a minute that's not in, but yeah, I agree, I agree with Kevin. It's a good album, but. Sorry, Kevin, yeah. you don't always get what you want. You don't always win the league. You don't always get your albums in there. Yeah, well, absolutely. I would 100% agree with you. But when you look at maybe one, two of the albums that did get in, I'm starting to think maybe Kevin had a bit of a point. But let's let's mm. let's drill down into what your your honourable mentions are then, Steve. Any albums that didn't make it that you would like to have seen in? Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Really crossed the KMD album, didn't get in. Black B-words. Because you two were adamant that it was not released in 1994. Yeah. So uh, it was it was made. It was supposed to be released in 1994, but didn't because of its uh, album content and album front cover. Um, and it is just a superb album. It, it, would, it would have done really well in this World Cup because I know Larry. Larry, Larry yeah, really I, I I love it. I, I would have liked to have seen it in there as well. But I do think I I kind I stand by the fact that it wasn't released in '94. Therefore, it's not really a '94. I mean, there are, you know, there are volumes upon volumes of rules at the FIFA headquarters yeah. where that is explained in, in very minute detail as to why that's yeah. not allowed. I think I needed a bigger bribe. That was that's where I went wrong. Yeah, possibly. Um, that might have done it. But yeah, I mean, it, it can't go in. That that them's the rules. Um, so that that was yours, Larry. Any any you'd like to, like to have seen in? No, not that I can uh, recall really. Um, no, I think they all made the cut. I think everything made the cut for me. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, there was just one, I think, that was kind of on the periphery of getting in for me. Obviously, I agree with Kevin. Uh, Constipated Monkey by Curious was one of my faves from back in the day. Uptown Shit is one of my favourite hip-hop tracks. Uh, yeah. The only other one I could mention was Gravediggers. Um, yeah, Gravediggers. Yeah. or Six Feet Deep, as it was called in the US. Um, absolute banger. Great. Some loads of great tracks on there. 1-800-Suicide, Diary of a Madman. Yeah, amazing. Uh, love that album to bits, but there's a few a few crap tracks on there i can see why i didn't didn't make it but yeah i, I think i think some people would, would wonder why that one wasn't in what about um there's a dark side yeah a much yeah. loved album it's people say it's red man's best i i never got on board with it i don't know about you larry and steve but yeah no it's a good album outcast's uh, first album was also released this year southern playlistic cadillac music that's a pretty good album actually yeah absolutely um, and also, uh, we should mention obviously DFC's "Things in the Hood," yeah. which came out in '94. Um, so yeah, lots of absolute bangers didn't make it. Um, but uh, anyway, look, I think we're quite happy with our 16 that we've arrived at. Should we should we start talking about the ones that did make it through? Um, okay, so as per usual, the round one matches were drawn. The matches came out of the hat like this, and here are your, here are your um, the 16 albums that made it through. Uh, we have Casuals, Fear Itself versus Coolio's It Takes a Thief. Uh, Gangstar, Hard to Earn, versus The Beat Nuts. Um, the Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die, versus J. Rue the Damages, The Sun Rises in the East. That's a big, big East Coast battle there. Uh, and uh, Common Sense, Resurrection, versus Thug Life's Volume 1. So those were the Group 1 games. 
Um, and in the other group, uh, we have Paris is Gorilla Funk versus Warren G's Regulate, the G-Funk era. Uh, Murder was the case soundtrack versus Pete Rock and CL Smooth's The Main Ingredient. Uh, the third match in group two is OC's Word Life versus Nas, Illmatic, two huge lyricists going up against each other there. And uh, the last game, group two, is House of Pains, same as it ever was, versus Tikal by Method Man. So that's how the draw breaks down, chaps. It's pretty good, pretty strong lineup, 16 amazing albums. Um, quick thoughts on that before we get stuck into them. Some yeah, great there, ties there. Some really there, good was, ties. there was some some really hard ones, weren't there? Where um, you just feel so bad for having to knock one of them out before we even get to the main stage. Absolutely, yeah. Big big ties. Big big ties. Okay, so that's your lineup. Um, join us after this short break, and we'll get stuck into round one. Hello, welcome to round one um, in the Hip Hop World Cup 1994. Uh, to get things moving along, uh, the round one matches were drawn and played earlier today, uh, giving us a chance to talk uh, in greater detail about losing albums, more in round one, and then we'll discuss the winners uh, in greater detail in our next episode. So in group one, the first game out of the hat was uh, Casual's Fear Itself versus It Takes a Thief by Coolio, um, two West Coast albums. Um, and the result of this one was 2-1 to Casual with uh, myself and Steve both voting for Casual Sphere itself and Larry with the sole vote for Coolio's It Takes a Thief. Mm. Larry, I know you love this album to bits. Tell me why yeah. it got your vote. Yeah, I mean, are you, do you not want to go back on your vote that you gave for, for Casual at all? Me? Yeah. No, I I don't, and I will explain do why in a minute. You but, stand uh, by it. I do yeah. stand by it. I do stand by it. But I okay. want to hear a bit more about why you're such a staunch Coolio fan. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, you know, everyone's got a top ten album. I think that raises like other people's eyebrows, and this is like obviously mine. Um, like me and my mate Dave, who's obviously like a friend of the show, mentioned quite a few times. Um, we need we to get used, him on. We, yeah. We used to um, just listen to this like constantly, like probably every kind of single day for a year or so. Uh, so it's always just been sort of quite special for me. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I don't think it's just nostalgia. It is a genuinely good album um, and a really underrated one. Um, and I think, you know, it's a bit of a shame that most people would just know Coolio from Gangster's Paradise and onwards, which just, you know, is nothing nothing that he ever did subsequently was, was as good apart from um, the big brother appearance of course apart apart from that um yeah, yeah i just think you know lots of the beats on here are a kind of match for most other west coast artists of the of the time um you know they're not quite as hard as the stuff that you know jinx or the boogeyman were doing people like that but there's um, this guy, Dobbs the Wino, who produced, I think, e either kind of all or most of the tracks on this. Um, and yeah, he's just, he, he didn't seem to do kind of an, anything beyond this other than some work on the on the Gangster's Paradise album. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just got a really great ear for choosing 
really good samples um and he just he arranges tracks really nicely just sort of keeps things interesting it's not like not too repetitive um and kind of like some other west coast uh producers it's quite there's a fair bit of live instrumentation on there as well sort of live bass and keys and things like that so yeah he, he, it's got sort of quite a unique uh sort of cohesive sonic uh sort of signature but it doesn't kind of, doesn't doesn't really fall back on a lot of those west coast like g-funk tropes too much yeah it's got quite kind of a f- fresh kind of sound yeah isn't it? there aren't many like it yeah very fresh very funky so yeah it, it, it is it's a pretty fresh sound um uh not a lot of kind of samples that are being used elsewhere as far as i can detect really um and then it's also there are, there are a couple i suppose yeah there's like the kind of uh, buffalo girls which is yeah, like quite, quite an obvious city blues, inner city yeah blues. but but, he, but he, he does he uses the like the inner city blues i think it, it's kind of it's like a replayed um sort of bit of instrumentation isn't it and he yeah. kind of does, I, he does it in a, in a really sort of uh, really nice way um but also you know not to take anything away from coolio he is a, a really good really engaging rapper like on this um, I think he's got he's got a really great voice, brilliant delivery. Um, he's funny. He can tell stories and describe certain situations very vividly. Um, and it's just, it's one of those albums that I've kind of talked about before, where you get these little lyrical snippets that just randomly like occur to me throughout the course of my kind of daily business, which I always think is sort of a, a good sign of a of a good lyricist, really. Yeah, so it's sort of stuck in your head. It's got that sort of catchy. You know, memorable, yeah. memorable quality to it, Steve. What, yeah. are you, what 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 are your thoughts on this album? Is this one you were familiar with back in the day? You're a fan of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it was one that I uh, I, I owned, and, and this was a year I started to kind of buy a bit more hip hop. And it was really great to listen to this album and uh, and to reminisce. It really kind of threw me back. And uh, but, however, I think after I listened to it a few times, I remembered that. It, I thought it was a poor album after after I kind of got fed up listening to it a few times. And so, Larry, I, I, I am going to disagree with you a fair bit here. And I think apart apart from it takes a thief, and, and I remember, I, I, there's nothing else on the album that kind of really appeals to me. Um, but I, I just want to kind of do a little aside here because as I was like looking at this album and, and all the albums in, in this kind of World Cup, I was I was trying to like be really objective in how I kind of like looked at the rapping. And so I wasn't trying to like steal from your like uh, your kind of scale system, Larry. Hmm. But I actually thought I needed to come up with my kind of own my own kind of like scale for how I can like measure the rapping. So yeah. you know, like we have like a Fahrenheit scale and a Richter scale and a Geiger Geiger scale. I've decided to do my own scale and they name it after a famous rapper. So I've actually choose chosen Coolio because I think he's just a a dead average rapper. Cooliometer. It's, like it's like yeah, it's it's a Coolio scale. And it's and it's to measure how good or how shit some rapping is. It's like a, a Bristol stool chart for MCs. So right. So I could just be a bit more objective. Okay. He's not the worst, but he's nowhere near the best. Like you said, Larry, he's got a nice voice. His cadence is good, but I think overall his lyricism is what I think lets him down because because he's he's like a wannabe gangster. He kind of raps about this stuff. But when when I've listened to it again, I just think just don't believe it. Whereas when you listen to like some of those more kind of hardcore rappers like. Biggie or Ghostface thing. Actually, yeah, this actually just sounds like more more believable. 
So I think he's a very average five out of ten rapper. I don't know, but but to go back to that though, he's not really. I wouldn't really. He doesn't really talk about the gangster, the gang banging kind of life so much. It, it's more sort of petty crime. It's like it's drug it's, use, it's drug fuck. use and, and, it's and, so and soft. burglary. It's like, he's uh, a funny criminal. Yeah, he is a funny criminal. Like a lot, he, he, he raps about doing funny crimes and yeah, breaking into people's houses and, and whatnot in, a, in an amusing way. But that's like the ghetto cartoon track. I used to love that when I was growing up and listened to it again. I think, oh, it's just. just Gangster, it's Gangster's Fairy Tale. It is Gangster's Fairy Tale, isn't it? I don't know what, how, he, how he kind of got away with that at the time. Um, but yeah. it is, but I, do, but I do like it. But yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just, um, yeah, got an unrealistic view of the album because I'm kind of so personally imprinted on it. But I know I, I did I give think it. A, I don't I think you're mad. I gave it. I gave it a proper listen to again today, and I, I, I kind of stick by it. You know, it's got, it's got its filler. You know, definitely. But even the lesser tracks tend to have these really kind of funky beats. Like you know who has got this really funky bass line, really nice crunchy drums, and yeah, just none of it on there is really is terrible. Um, and like it's got like I remember it is a really good posse cut, and it's one of the like yeah. definitive back in the day tracks. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You, and you've got and you've got like you know Fantastic Voyage is a really anthemic kind of track. Um, well, that was my, that was my introduction to Coolio. Fantastic yeah. Voyage, him riding along in that that Cadillac or whatever it was. Um, yeah, that was a big single, wasn't it? That was a massive single. I had it on CD single. Uh, but I think because it because it was so ubiquitous at the time, it kind of got played out. And now when when I listen to it now, I, I kind of can't listen to it because it's, it's yeah. the single. You know what I mean? There are tracks yeah. like that, aren't there, where you've heard them too many times. Yeah. But that was ultimately what got me into them in the first place. Uh, and it's a great track. You know, it's, it's a really good track. Good party party jam. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's just funny listening to it. You know, I, I don't disagree with you, Larry. It, you know, it's a good album with all the right elements, you know, that West Coast sound. Coolio yeah. is a perfectly competent rapper. And I do find, though, that I kind of listened to it again now for this. And it was like I was listening to it for the first time. Like I didn't know any of the tracks. And right. apart from, the you know, the, the ones of you at, the, at the beginning, there's loads in the middle that I just could not remember. And it was like I was listening to it for the first time. Yeah. Which kind of tells you that I haven't been tempted to revisit it more in the, yeah. you know, more recent years and I think that probably tells you a lot about how I, how I felt about it although I do remember listening to it quite a lot back in the day which is a really weird yeah. kind of um, weird situation but um, I do I think the production is great I think it's funky very west coast I think Dobbs Wino is a very competent producer he uses a lot of those crunchy low bitrate samples that we always talk about in there yeah. in, in a really good way um, and I love County Line County Line is that's so good brilliant, brilliant brilliant chorus on it as chorus, well chorus like subject the, um, matter slick yeah and it, and it doesn't have to say it's welcome nice and short yeah. it's just a really really good track yeah. and then you go through it and you've got things like Smoking Sticks are really good like really good beat yeah. you know funky I don't know it just I just I, I listened to it again and I thought why why haven't I listened to this more why, why, why aren't I more familiar with this album and I think um I couldn't quite average. put my finger on it because that well maybe and I do think a lot of Coolio's rapping and the lyrics they all kind of blend into one it, it feels like he's saying the same things and talk about the same subject matters on each track I just so I find them hard to distinguish yeah. um, and, and I find it's too long as well there's too many tracks on it I was kind of like trying to get through it like listening to all the tracks making sure I listened to them all I kept having to get through it and skip them and stuff so I don't know it just didn't it hasn't quite got that Replayability. It's a, a worthy finalist. It's great to see it in the final, but it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's I mean, I didn't really point. hesitate to put it in the list. That's the thing. It's always been one in my mind that's yeah. one of the. So, yeah. 
Um, maybe I'm just listening to it with the wrong head on now. I don't know, but but um, but ultimately, I guess that's that's why I didn't vote for it, and that's why Casuals kind of snuck through into the next round, uh, which we'll talk about obviously more in the next round. Come on, y'all, get live, get down. But let's move on now to our um, second match in Group One, which was Gangstars Hard to Earn versus The Beat Nuts, uh, which is the name of the album, The Beat Nuts. It's not called Street Level. Um, I heard an interview with The Beat Nuts recently. It's kind of been, the, the name Street Level has kind of been embraced over the years, but the actual original name of the album was just The Beat Nuts. It was just a part of the artwork. They were um, asking for trouble, weren't they? They were. Putting, putting they were. that on the cover. They were, and they've kind of resigned to the fact that it's called that now, but um, but I'm not, I'm not calling it that. No. Um, so in this, game we had a 2-1 win for the beat nuts over gangstar um with myself and larry voting for the beat nuts and steve voting for hard to earn another world cup where gangstar gets dumped out in the early stages what is going on they are like um you know one of the teams that usually gets dumped out early in the competition i can't think of right now but (laughs) what's going on steve england i like england england yeah so what's going on steve Honestly, I don't know what is wrong with you two. I, I know that you. I, perhaps it's very unfortunate that this this uh, album got picked against the Beat Nuts because I just know that's an album that you two love, and you'd have probably picked that album over pretty much anything else in this World Cup. But this album is generally considered a classic, an absolute classic album in hip hop. It has got, I always say, the greatest of all time producer. It's proper boom bap on this album. It swings, it bounces. Guru, who I think probably you would argue lets this sound down. He gets seven on my Culio scale. He's, his voice is good, his rap is simple, but he's so many quotables on this album. Don't you think he sounds a bit weird on this album, Guru? I think he probably a... annoys some people with his flow on this album, yeah. definitely. That, that's definitely noticeable, but I think he's still interesting in what he raps about. I think there's some serious gangster prejudice going on in this World Cup that we need to kind of out and do something about. It's it's a great long. It's their best album. It's a fantastic long player. Yeah, I'm, 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 I know it's it's got a really good reputation in hip hop circles. It's a really it's there. It's considered one of their crown jewels, isn't it? Uh, and and so many great tracks. People put this up there with you know their Illmatics and your Sunrises and all that sort of stuff, and you're ready to die. And, and right, it's so madness well. to me. Yeah. Um, but Mass Appeal is, you know, one of the quintessential gangster tracks on there. You know, it's Guru and Premier at their, at their best. The flow on there is unbelievable. It's, you know, Guru on that track hits 10 on my scale for his for his rapping. It's just absolutely crazy. I think it's, I didn't do himself any favours with the monotone way he raps. It's kind of very dry, quite flat. Um, he even references that on a, on a track here, doesn't he? Yeah. Does he it? references like a mono. He says something about a monotone flow. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I, I I think the the beats are great. I think DJ Premier does a lot of good work on this album. I think, like when you look at something like Code of the Streets with that oh, kind of, amazing. I think it's a Herbie Hancock. No, it says the Herbie Hancock sample or something like that. 
uh, the descending kind of string line. That's a really, that's a great beat. Code of the Streets is a top, top track. I, I do like Mass Appeal as well. It's a kind of a hip hop single. It's one of those that just kind of stands the test of time. I'm using like a really, really tiny chunk of a, of a track uh, called Horizon Drive by Vic Juris. And it's like a really small keyboard part. And he's just took it, looped it, and it just really works so well. Um, it's one of those you hear it instantly and you kind of think, yeah, and it gets your head nodding. Mm. Um, and, and there are tracks like that all the way through this, but There's I don't know what it is. Classics. Well, you've got, also you've got Jerry the Damjo on Speaker Clout on that first verse. He absolutely smashes it for the second time on a gangster album. He's the best rapper. Yeah. He's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. He, he got, he got Dwick or Dwight. That's a great track. Great beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of them. The, the Planet's a good good track, talking about Guru's uh, early years when he moved out of his mum's house and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's a, I, I do think this is one of their better better albums. There's a lot of good stuff I do like on this. Um, it's just, it, it's up against the beat nuts and that's a top fiver for me, I'm afraid. So that's what it faced. And I'm very aware that, you know, Hard To Earn is, is, a, is a bonafide hip hop classic in, you know, hip hop circles just it, it, it didn't stand a chance for me against the beat notes. Larry, any thoughts on Hard to Earn? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, you're going to have to re revoke my hip-hop credentials, but I think, you know, I, I just have next to no affection for Gangstar at all, like apart from a handful of tracks. Um, and, I, and I think Guru is one of the kind of, is a sort of big part of that for reasons that we've covered. He just, I don't know, he's got, there's a track on here, mostly the voice, and like ironically for me it is mostly the voice that puts <laughs> me off like about from guru which probably isn't an original kind of lovely stuff expression but um yeah i don't know i just he's just one of these people like when, when you're talking about sort of i i would i would take coolio over guru like any day of the week oh, I can, no. just can't just think i don't know just apart with you, from Larry, a few tracks, yeah he's a better lyricist he, he raps about more interesting things than coolio he's more uh, believable and uh that stuff like you know stuff like that is is has always been secondary to me but like i know you're more of a kind of lyrics lyrics man you're, you're more of an intellectual steve it's you know it's for me it's all about the the beats mainly um but i don't know if it's about I, I, the beats you've got well, the best the, producer in hip-hop producer yeah, like, of his best albums premiere is obviously one of the greats and probably you know de well in fact definitely like a top five most influential hip-hop producer of all time but just for me personally i think the bulk of his best work was done outside of gangstar yeah like bar bar a handful of tracks um i think you know there's um especially sort of on this album well his production in general it kind of if you like the sort of the loop that he's using or the samples he's using then you can listen to it for for 10 yeah. minutes straight and not get bored of it if it's a sample that you don't like very much he doesn't do very much with the song he, like they, they, they tend to be quite relentless and just like quite a good example of that for me would be mass appeal which i think is quite an overrated track personally i think it sounds really good for a few bars but then it just gets a bit too relentless and repetitive yeah i just get yeah. bored I, I think you know i i i i, I want to make it very clear that you know i do think premiere on on his day it, you know there, there's nobody to touch him really like he's unique 
he's so influential he's got his the the, the way his drums sound like he, it's like he's got like a unique kind of internal rhythm or something just the way he swings his drums and makes them knock so hard it kind of it should be easy to do but when you try to do it it's not and he, he just kind of makes it makes it sound so easy um but as i kind of alluded to already if you don't like what it is he's doing with the track it he doesn't vary things too much apart from you know have a little bit of a, of a scratched chorus or something it's quite formulaic and then it? it's it's quite it is quite formulaic like sometimes the formula you know it's a great formula like he's just got this way of chopping samples up and it's got such an incredible ear for samples mm. um but i don't know just yeah his his best work is outside of gangstar i think yeah. bar a L- few larry can I just, what is your favorite gangstar album larry um, probably the best of Gangstar, <laughs> which is the right answer. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we're um, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, obviously Steve's not happy about that, but it uh, it was the beat nuts that went through against um, Gangstar in that, that instance. Brutal. So that's your winner there. Let's move on to the third game in Group One, which was uh, the Notorious B.I.G.'s legendary album "Ready to Die" versus uh, another legendary album, "The Sun Rises in the East" by Jerry the Damager. Another uh, primo album to discuss, boys. Um, so in this one, there's a lot of two-one, two-one wins in this group. I have to say they're all they're all two-one. Uh, "Ready to Die" won this one, two-one. Uh, with uh, in this case, it was me who was the dissenting voice. I went for "The Sun Rises in the East," which may you know baffle you too. Because um, you you both went for ready to die, yeah. um, hip hop uh, you know uh, common hip hop knowledge would say that everybody should vote for ready to die, um, but it's just an album that I never hugely connected with back in the day. So Jeru got my vote on that one. So who wants to start on this one then, Steve? Are you a fan of Sunrise in the East or not? Yeah, this I mean I I, I share in your disappointment with this album won't be in the kind of grand final because it is a fantastic album, but it was just coming up against an album that was just too legendary but uh, Larry I don't know whether you consider this some of Premier's best work outside of yeah absolutely I mean I think it is a kind of it is a bit of a half and half album I think again it's where kind of you either love Premier's beats on a track or you don't and for me I kind of I really love about half of the tracks on this and think they're incredible um I think it's 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 weird that he produced this in the same year as Hard to Earn because for me, the beat the beats are just much better on this than the hard to earn. Um, it's just it's a it's a harder album. Um, they're a lot more interesting. The beats aren't they? They're, they're a lot they're, more interesting. He almost I mean, it's as innovative as he gets. Yes, I, I think. Um, I mean, like, just yeah. going back going back to his drums, like on the original. I think the drums on that, and I mean the drum beat specifically probably my favorite boom bap drums of all time mm. like it's just so hot that snare is absolutely incredible yeah it's big isn't it and it's like really oh, it's so full. big and the snare's huge it kind of rolls doesn't it? it kind of yeah it's great and again it's so simple you'd think oh i can i could get the old computer up and knock up a beat like that but you just you couldn't you can't do it like there's just something about it that just it just swings beautifully um 
and there are quite a few you know mental stamina is another one where it's just got these like one of the heaviest beats like you'll ever find basically it's just yeah just so good yeah steve you you, you agree with that well, what I like about the the, the, the Premier Beats is that it just matches Jeru so so well. Yeah, they're just well suited. He must have just picked out that. Like, yeah, this is going to suit Jeru. This is going to suit Guru. And it, it just kind of just nails it. It's a it is a really short album, isn't it? It's it's, it's it plays all. I think it plays really well from the beginning to the end, but it, it is quite short. Yeah, I say it's something like thirty-seven minutes, forty minutes, something like that. Yeah, crazily short. Well, I think that that counts in its favour. I think that I I don't know. I've got I'm, I'm drawn to short albums. I, you know, a lot of the best albums are short. You know, they leave you wanting more. You know, it's um it's one of those. But I think yeah. And for me, it's the it's the track towards the end that I'm looking forward to. There's enough at the beginning to to make me want to keep listening. And then it's the, it's the end that I really look forward to. With I love ain't the devil happy. That's a just, yeah. I think that's probably my favourite track on there. My mind spray's pretty good as well. Oh, it's it's one of the best uses of Nautilus. Oh, I do you know, I, I've ri- I've written exactly like yeah. that. It's, it's a very very yeah. nice flip of Nautilus. A very kind of a unique take on it. Yeah, and all the little scratch samples on the hooks are just great. They work. They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The subject matter for each track is on point. He's he's uh, you know he's he's more conscious, uh, a more of a conscious rapper than a lot of people give him credit for. He's you know, really he tackles original. lots of different subject matters. You know, the bitches is obviously about you know scheming women who you know take advantage of men, and you know you got like ain't the devil happy how you know black people are their own worst enemy and things like that. It's 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 a really good album for like they're talking about a lot of different issues, but set to some really really good hard top notch primo beats. I just think yeah. it's 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 for those reasons. I think this is considered one of the so it's, yeah. a lot of people consider this up up there with Illmatic and things like that. It's one for the purists, I would say. You know, it's. Oh. I, I I don't think it's anywhere near as consistent as that, and I think sort of when right. Steve, when you mentioned about sort of looking forward towards the end, I think for me personally, it's kind of it's quite heavily stacked towards the front end. Um, like I don't really like kind of much from Ain't the Devil Happy onwards, particularly. Not even come um, clean. What, what apart, you apart, well, what apart, no, I just think it's it just annoys me that kind of annoying drippy kind of sound. Apart from my mind spray with that with that Nautilus flip that I really like, I think the bitches is is the last really good one. And I think on that track, that trumpet is just one of those samples where, like, when Premier found that, he must have just ran to the sampler to get that yeah. kind of down before anyone else kind of got their hands on it. It's just one of those kind of horn loops that just sort of fall, falls from heaven basically it's fantastic isn't it it's one of the all-time great samples yeah. like yeah he must have been absolutely you know delighted when he found that i'd say one that i do think is is worthy of mention as well is the uh perverted monks in the house beat yeah it, it's it's one of those unique beats which is it's absolutely incredible probably the best piece of music on the album and the fact that they used it twice but somehow i don't think it would work with a rap on it like yeah. hence why it's only used as a skit i can't quite put my finger on why i don't think it would work but i think they've obviously got the same sense and just have kind of decided to use it just as an instrumental instead yeah i, I, I wonder if they tried tried and failed maybe they maybe the perverted it. monks had a go couldn't Could quite been, get it yeah. and just well, let's just shout over this century and uh, got in the booth exactly. um yeah for me yeah great album um loads of good tracks I, I i personally i like come clean it's not traditionally the sort of hip-hop song i like but it's got this kind of i mean weirdly for me it's one of those that i prefer the 
rapping like the rapping makes it for me rather than the, yeah. the music the, the the beat is like there's nothing else like it really it samples I had to look this up as well because it's not that well known it's called Infinity by Shelly Mann right. is, is the track it samples for that sort of that it's quite well used isn't it by yeah. a, if, if someone's going to do a freestyle they use that Come Clean beat right yeah it's a, it's a, it's a freestyle classic yeah and it, I think Come Clean is one one for the Alien playlist if you had to kind of maybe you know talk about like those sort of really well-known hip-hop singles i think that's it is absolutely like, it's, it's classic for me the downsides of this album no, i think i don't like the skits i know you like that perverted monks one the beat loud but i think the skit i could do without them um, well it, it really even like yeah, the music the music's wow. all right but yeah. i just it interrupts it i'm i'm not really i i don't like listening to people shouting and stuff i just want yeah, to hear, yeah. hear the tracks but but for me you know obviously that's why i voted for it i prefer it to, to ready to die we can drill down into that you know in the next round but I just I think it's a much more interesting album with with a higher hit rate for me, but but there we go. That's just me. So that's um so that's ready to dive through to the semi-finals. Ladies and gentlemen, this the damn hot wall cup. This the damn hot wall cup. Only the strong survive. This the damn hot wall cup. And the last game in Group One, um, bit of a mismatch. This one, it's uh, Common Sense's Resurrection oh. versus uh, Thug Life Volume One. Now that's an odd, odd couple if ever I heard one. Two very different albums. Yeah. Uh, and this one saw a two-one win for Resurrection, much to Steve's disdain. Oh. Steve, I, I, yeah. uh, you must be sick as a parrot uh, at that. What, what, what are your thoughts? What are your emotions at this at this moment? Well, as soon as this was drawn, I just groaned inwardly because I just thought, <laughs> "This is just, just, just my luck, really." You know, a two-pack album reaches the reaches the final, and then it gets drawn against your two favourite albums. Yeah, so, yeah. A full, full disclosure: you know, Resurrection is is one of mine and Larry's favourite albums of all time. I'm not, you know, I speak for you, Larry, but I think you know we do have a soft spot for this album. So, yeah, I think Larry likes life Larry's well, conflicted, though. I think I think Larry's conflicted on this. One. I'm really gutted that, that these two came up together. To be honest, it is a classic album, isn't it, Larry? The, the, this is the thing. I, I'm, yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm gut, I'm gutted for me because I wanted it to to kind of do better, and I'm gutted for you as well because we finally got a two pack album in here that, with my kind of help, could have actually done really well. <laughs> Yeah, I see it more as a Mopream album. Really? No. It's a gr- um, group group effort. No, it, group it, effort. It, it is mainly Tupac, isn't it? Yeah, I it, think it is. It is. I was just it being is. silly. Sport rappers are actually quite good on here, but interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think they are quite good. Afterwards, they they complement Tupac really well. Yeah. You know, I've got no, I've got nothing against them. But they never went on, did they, to do anything else? <laughs> so. No, I, I I I looked it up on on sort of uh, Spotify and things like that, and then it sort of peters out after afterwards. Obviously, the death of Tupac probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, Thug Life's uh, progression, but um, I've got kind of um, I've got I've got two fantasy rap albums that that I like to imagine will one day be unearthed. Um, one of them is a 1990 John Barnes album produced by New Order, um, and the other is Thug Life Volume Two. Like I would absolutely love that to be oh, that would in, be the, in, in the can somewhere. Can you imagine? Imagine if that's sitting in a vault somewhere. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I mean, Johnny J's got it in his vault somewhere or something. <laughs> or, yeah. 
Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean this I mean, Thug Life, I'm I'm gutted actually also that this came up against resurrection yeah. because This know, could have it, this could have gone a long way, could oh, it? I could have gone a long way because I do I you know, I love this Thug Life album. It's but I used to, well, we used to rinse it back in the day, I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, I'm sure you did definitely. Steve as well. It's it's, yeah. it's another quite short one, ten tracks, doesn't that say it's welcome, great sample, great beats, very west coast, but you know, lots of energy. Um it, you don't get bored of it. Um you know, say what you like about Tupac and his rapping. This is kind of this is for me is peak pack. It's kind of yeah, him yeah, at his very definitely. best in terms yeah. of his flow, lyrics, all that sort of stuff. Quotable. It's like I find I finally get what people kind of love about Pac so much on this album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he's it's so really charismatic. Cool. He's got like he's so kind of passionate, and um, yeah, he's 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 like no other. But for me, yeah, it just it really sort of uh, came out on this album. For me. Absolutely, Steve. Is this one of Tupac's finest moments for you? Yeah, definitely. When I do my kind of scaling my Coolio scale, I've actually given him nine out of ten on the sound because I just think he does reach his peak. And I think all the things that you've already said, poetic, his voice is so 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 good. It's almost like a yeah. little bit thingy sometimes, isn't it? It's just it just yeah, so nice to listen. Very to. Mu- very musical, very musical. And great so, great sample flips, you know. He always yep. and actually lyrically he's really good on the sound. There's some like some classics like Bury Me a G, Pride of Liquor, How Long They Mourn Me. Those are like really interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Larry, I'm I'm sure you want to say something about the uh the beat at the start of uh Bury Me a G. I have yeah, I've I've written a bit down about this. I, I I you know, I will never stop being fascinated by the fact that the beat doesn't loop up properly the first yeah, time around first on one. this. It's just one of my favourite little kind of production details ever. And I, I just really wonder like why it's there, whether it was just an error that sounded good. Um, so they kept it in, or whether the producer wanted it to be like that, but they couldn't sort of make it work with the main sample. It's just, I don't know, like a lot of people probably just wouldn't even notice it, but I just think it's um, just just like an exciting kind of weird little detail that I yeah, love. Yeah, it's me too. I put it in my notes, but I thought I'd let you do that one. But yeah. I, I, in my head, it, like, I used to think that it did that all the way through, but it was only later that I realised it only yeah. does it on the first one. Just the first uh, time around. It's just really strange, but but brilliant, nice little detail, but also a really good flip of the Izzy Brothers sample. Yeah. Um, and other standout tracks, Pour Out A Little Liquor, which I first heard on the Above The Rim soundtrack, but yeah, that's uh, reappeared on this. It's just such a great, great yeah. sample. Yeah. Um, Straight Balling, which is an Easy Mode B production, Love which that. I oh, kind of realised. The, the way they, that sample is just incredible. It's it sounds, sounds so good pitched up, doesn't it? Mm, it does. It's fantastic. Um, How Long Will They Mourn Me and Warren oh. G production. Love that one. And yeah. Nate, Nate uh, done so good on that track. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. It, it produced by Warren G and Nate Dog, interestingly. Is it? Uh, yeah. Um, Shit Don't Stop is a good one. Aqua Boogie. Sample. Oh, such, such, such a funky bass it's, line. It's so good. It's a buzzy sort of parliament funkadelic type bass yeah. line. It's featuring YNV as well, the all-girl yeah. R&B group from there. And, and off the back of that track, I bought their album. Really? Uh, YNV. Yeah. Needless to say, I didn't listen to it much uh, at the time. Um, but yeah, I love their work on that so much. Um, I, re- I really love um, Street Fame. I know you don't like it so much, Danny, but okay, I, I just, yeah. I just, I just love how dark the beat is on that. It's kind of like a sort of weird bit of electronica or something. It's a very odd, very different hip hop track. But oh yeah, I think that's the beat is so crap. It sounds like the sort of tracks we used to make, Larry, when we were making tunes <laughs> back in the day. It sounds like something off those old tapes that we used to make. Yeah, I just I, apparently it's the off Amen, an old Casio keyboard. Apparently it's the Amen break. Is it? 
yeah. like really pitched out. Well, that that's what who sampled says. So right. I was trying to I was trying to find out where, where the main kind of loop was from. Like, that it didn't have any info about that. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's a sample, but yeah, it says it's the Amen break. But who well, knows? It must be, it must be really pitched down. Yeah. But I mean that the beat's fine. It's it's the actual the bass line. Uh, oh, I love it. The, yeah, it just sounds like the sort of bass line that we would do and like, we used to play on our Casio keyboards. It's really yeah. crap. Um, and the other one I always have an issue with, and I think this is probably why yeah. it would have not count, counted in its favour had it come up against any other anything else other than Resurrection. But yeah. Under Pressure is the other one I don't like. Yeah. I don't like Under Pressure. don't like Street Fame. Um, and I think that might have damaged its chances. Yeah. Um, under Pressure, I realised today, the final chorus is two minutes long. <laughs> they keep going, don't they? Yeah, like when the pressure's on, it's a hit. They, he just keep, repeats that literally for two minutes. Yeah, yeah it goes oh. on for a while. Maybe they just couldn't be bothered to write another verse, and they just sort of like just do the chorus for two minutes. Yeah, but it, it like it, it, again, it's another one where there's just like lots of quotables, mm. like from Tupac. I've often I've often wondered actually whether Tupac's first words really were "thug for life" and "pop popper past the Mac," <laughs> like he like like he claims on one of the songs here. Yeah, we've got I, no I, reason to disbelieve him, have we? I also often, you know, like it's one of those albums where like he gives lots of shouts out, shout outs to like um, his friends who have, who have passed away, and um, the one I often think about is Madman. <laughs> like, I, like I often wonder what Madman would be up to like these days. Um, it just yeah. makes me wonder sometimes if Tupac's got any friends left. <laughs> What's going on about all the friends he's lost? Yeah, I don't know, that's the life on the streets, though, isn't it? Exactly. All right, cool. So let's move on to the next one. So that's a. Um, uh, that's a two-one win for Resurrection. Really sorry about that, Steve. But uh, another no, early exit for two pack, another early bar. It, what, it uh, does. World, and, and you know the standard is so high in this World Cup that hard to earn and Thug Life are not going to be in the in the main final. Absolutely, it was always going to be. Do you think that like, is is Thug Life a um, is it a revered album? I, I don't I don't ever no, really hear people talking about it. It's like it's a like it doesn't even kind of belong to two packs. Oeuvre. Yeah, it's like a curio, isn't it? It's one of yeah. the. It's not considered part of the. Yeah, you, like you say, curate's egg. I, I don't. I've, I haven't read much about it. I don't see them lauding it. I know when you look at those kind of like all oh, top forty albums from '94, it's always in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't hear it being talked about in those terms. But it's just no. us, just us, the real hip hop fans. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so that's um, those are all the matches in Group One. Uh, the winners were Fear Itself by Casual. Uh, the Beat Nuts, uh, Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G. and Resurrection by Common Sense. So they all go through to the semi-final in our next episode. Uh, so after this quick break, we're going to move on to Group 2. Hi, welcome back. Uh, now we're going to look at the uh, Group 2 games in our round of 16 for the Hip Hop World Cup 1994. Um, the first match out of the hat in Group 2 was Paris's Gorilla Funk uh, versus Regulate the G-Funk Era by Warren G, an all-West Coast affair. Gents, um, and we saw Paris take this one 3-0, an absolute drubbing for the G-Child. The first one. First dropping the first 3-0. Um, now, on paper, you might look at that and go, how is Paris beating a, you know, a stalwart like Warren G, massive name, massive album. 
Um, so I'm going to be really interested to hear what your thoughts are on this. Let's start with you, Larry. And w- why did Paris get your vote over over Warren G? I think, I mean, this is about as close as, as you'll get to a di- dictionary definition of a, of a B-tier album, I think. Um, there are two really, really great tracks on this, um, but they both come right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them, I mean, they they the fact that they put Regulate as the first track, like... They um tells you everything you need to know. They know they know why people are here basically is to hear that track, and it is an all timer. Like it's such an incredible sample. Yeah, brilliant chorus. All the verses. You know, it's it's one of those ones like we said before where you can't really trust anyone who doesn't know every single syllable. Yeah, to this song basically, it's an all timer. It's an all timer, um, but. I think, yeah, the rest of it is just forgettable for me. It's just, I've never liked that really kind of smooth sound. Um, it's just, he's just a bit too smooth with the sort of instruments he uses and stuff like that. And I think as a rapper, he really struggles to carry tracks himself. He, he's, he's better as a kind of occasional guest rapper, like uh, on Ain't No Fun. Um, yeah, that's his best moment. That's that's his best moment. Like, if like to hear that, you think, "Oh, can't wait to hear an album by that guy," and then and then when you get it, it's like, "Yeah, don't yeah. don't don't really care for that so much." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're right though. Like, I mean, the, the shadow of Regulate does loom large over this album. You can't even yeah. you've got that one out of the way. Absolute monster track, and then yeah. and then DUC's good. DUC's I love good. DUC. It's yeah. it's, an, it's a very simple beat, isn't it? It's, it's the it's the juicy fruit beat over. Mama used to say by Junior. Yes, very it's, simple. It's great sample. It's it's really mournful. Yeah, and really sort of it's like a back in the day type yeah. thing. And I, I've got like a weird personal attachment to that track that I, I won't go into. But there's like a moment in my life that I associate with it, and it's just always had like a really kind of big. Sort of, it's always resonated with me for that reason. Right, we, won't, uh, yeah. we won't draw down too far into that, Larry. No, it's, um, it's, it's 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 nothing particularly Trump it's just you know be a bit dull for the listener really but um well, no, yeah, I, it's, I, it's something I, sexual clearly steve exactly, what are your thoughts yeah. on warren g do you agree with that you're, were you more of a fan of it than larry no I, I completely agree you know i think it throws me back into 1994 so nicely every time i listen to it i, I do enjoy going back and listen to this this album but it's it's like it is he's probably too smooth isn't he it's it it's like some of his stuff is so velvety it's just too i don't know just yeah too, it's just it's boring, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, what he does is good. That's why I can't kind of escape from. I, I do like this album. There's some, there are some classic tra- tra- tracks on it. And Nate Dog again is consistently good. I think on, on this album. Um, and I, you know, I like this DJ. I think that's really great. But it's 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 just so velvety G funk again. Yeah, he went too far down the smooth route, didn't he? I mean, I loved this back in the day. I absolutely loved. It. I used to play it all the time, but. Listening now, it's really not as good as I remember. Yeah, like you say, you've got two tracks at the beginning that are great, Regulate, Do You See? Um, and you've got this DJ as well. We don't, like, as you said, Steve, it's such a great track. I I had that. I had this cassette. It was a, I think it was a freebie with the source. It was like uh, Rush Associated Labels and Violator. They did like a, a sampler tape, and it was on there with um, things groups like the Flatliners and Joe Sinister and people like that, <laughs> like people you never heard of again. And but this DJ was a standout track, and obviously really pleased when it was on this, and I had it on CD. But up, apart from those, the rest are pretty ropey. Like there's some absolute shite on this album. Uh, I'm not scared to say don't, it. Don't say you don't like, and you don't stop, because that's one of my favourite ones. Well, I don't mind that one. I mean, 
Uh, th- I mean, this is a shack always w- I never liked. Uh, uh, that's a speaker. What's next is was always a bit of a crap one. Um, and, and I hate the skits do my head in. Like I could, I, I, I used to fast forward those back in the day, but the whole know, draft like, skits is are just the first time you listen mm, to it. Yeah, maybe. But um, the, I'd always find it funny on what's next at the end when he spells next wrong. He says, what's next? What's next? What's N-X-E-T? Um, that's one of like the biggest uh, gaffes in hip hop history, I think. And nobody kind of, I don't know how you how you like hear that and not correct it or punch it back in or whatever. It's really strange. I think that's just you, Danny. I had noticed that until you. Until yeah, next. listen out for it. It's really strange. I think I, th- I think tape just costs too much back in the old days, isn't it? It's not like your Ableton's yeah. these days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pro but, Tools. And yeah, he's not a great rapper. Uh, it's very simple, very basic style. It's cringy at times. Some of the stuff he comes out with. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, this is not really as good as it as you, as you thought it was. Talk talking of regulate actually earlier on. Have you heard? Do you remember the radio version where they actually put Michael McDonald's vocals back on it? <laughs> yes. I heard that yeah. on the radio the other day on my way to London. I was like, why did they do this? It's like, oh, we need to rem- remind people what this sample is, or yeah, let's let's tap into some of that you know magic of michael mcdonald i don't know why they did it why they felt the need to do it it's very strange yeah it's one of those things where i'd almost kind of like am i going mad yeah was there a version of it where it was yeah yeah uh so yeah um absolute monster track uh but otherwise a very ropey album and i think i think it's not any surprise it got dumped out given our affinity for gorilla funk by paris which we'll really get stuck into in the next episode um keep look out for that folks All right, let's move on to the second game in Group 2. Okay, this is an interesting one. It's our first, I think it's probably the first soundtrack we've had on the Hip Hop World Cup, uh, unless I'm uh, mistaken. It's the Murder Was The Case soundtrack on Death Row uh, versus uh, The Main Ingredient by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. And this one saw a 2-1 win for Murder Was The Case, um, which uh, with uh, myself and Larry voting for Murder Was The Case and Steve giving Pete Rock and CL Smooth the sole vote. So in that case, Steve, let's come to you first. Um, why does this one get your vote? Well, I think that I need to speak to, to FIFA here because I think there's some foul play at large here because, one, a soundtrack has made it into the World Cup and KMD's album didn't. And secondly, Pete Rock falls, falls at the kind of first... I think he fell at the first title in one of the other World Cups. And I think he did. This is... It's him and Premier. They can't get they can't get a break, can they? <laughs> they needed to team up with better rappers, that's the problem. This is it. Yeah, but, okay, but I think I you know, I think this is a classic album. I, I think great producer. And I think this is actually one of like I don't know if you would agree with me here. I, I think this is like one of the most soulful albums I own. It, it's in my eyes, it's it's the perfect album to have on in the background. Because there's nothing that I need to kind of like turn up or turn down because I think Oh no, that, this track's coming. I want to listen to it. I need to turn this track down because it's just rubbish. I think yeah. it's a very level album. It's just perfect to have in the background. I just like, you know, just like it all the way through. And, you know, see how we talked about in this previous episode. He's not the best rapper. He probably gets six out of ten on my Culio scale, Oof. which is harsh. 
but he he's lyrically he's better on here and he and he's and he does flow okay on here and pete raps a tiny amount on here and he's a bit better his voice sounds a bit better and um kind of really topically there's loads of like biz marquee samples which danny you've you said that to me a while ago it's like oh yeah crikey there's so much biz marquee sampled on here rest in peace got royalties just galore from this so yes i think it's just a very level album a very good album and um i'd just be interested to know why you two couldn't couldn't vote for it really can i just shock you i absolutely love this album absolutely love it um for me it's I mean, obviously, I'm a bigger fan of the beats than the, than the, than the rapping, but it's, this this is peak Pete Rock. This is exactly the sort of Pete Rock I love. It's my favourite era of his. It's around the time he did this, his stuff on Illmatic, and then he did his stuff on AZ's album. And for me, and around that time, he was untouchable. His stuff was just right up my street. The beats, the drums he would use, the samples he would use. Uh, it was unlike anything else, and, and like he was that's what cemented him as one of my favorite producers um as you say steve very smooth very soulful album a lot more soulful than the first album um loads of really great jazz samples soul soul led, led beats amazing beats um and also he's got you know it shows you the depth of his crates that he puts those little instrumental interludes in between every song like some of his are like unused beats obviously puts them in between i love those i, I loved some of those more than i love the actual tracks um but again, you know, it's it's the same thing with Mecca and the Soul Brother. I, I think it's let down by C.L. Smooth. I, I don't think he's a very engaging rapper. I don't really like the way he flows. There's something about it and I never quite put my finger on it. I don't know whether it's the, the, the tone of his voice or whether it's his cadence. Quite ordinary. His voice is very ordinary, I think. There's nothing yeah. It's it's the way he he structures his sentences and stuff like it's, I don't know what it is, but I just can't get it with it. But then when Pete Rock steps up to the mic, complex, Danny. He doesn't do anything complex. No. He doesn't change his style ever. It's always he's, he's the most simple rapper. He's probably more simple than Cooley, actually. Probably yeah, but he's, no, but he's, he seems to pack a lot of words in. You know, he's always he says lots, but I never really know what it is he's saying. It's very strange. It's a very strange style. But then when Pete steps up to the mic, for some reason it just really it, it, it really connects with me. Really engages. He's kind of got this amateurish charm, which I think I mentioned last time. And I don't know. He, he, I think he just understands the sort of the entertainment factor of rapping more than CL does. Like he really makes it count, like every line he spits, he's, you can almost try to hear him trying to prove he's a good rapper. Yeah. And just, there's something about that I quite like. Uh, and low, I mean, loads of standouts. I mean, Carmel City, um, yeah. love, love that beat, very smooth. I Get Physical is probably one of my favorite hip hop tracks, um, in terms, you know, beat, beat wise. And there's one I never really realized I liked as much as I do. It's called In The Flesh, it's towards the end. It's a really nice sort of smooth jazzy loop. It's almost like a posse cut. I think they get I and I on there and um, uh, yeah, really, really nice. Um, the only downside I would say, apart from CL Smooth as a rapper is Pete, he, he kind of uses some rather obvious samples that were being used quite a lot back in the day. Like he falls back on things like Places and Spaces by Donald Byrd, Rising to the Top, Kenny Burke, uh, and this, obviously Searching by Roy Ayers is on here as well. These are got absolutely rinsed and they weren't particularly original back then, let alone in the intervening years. So, you know, I so said that's a really strange criticism, but I just, I don't know, I heard them back then on this album. I was like, oh, I've heard that sample before. But, you know, it's kind of counterbalanced by all the amazing original samples he's found and all the crate digging he's done for all the other tracks. So I'm not going to criticise too harshly for that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, really, really solid album, right up my street. Love Pete Rock, but 
you know, not not quite good enough to be murder was the case, which I played a hell of a lot more back in the day, and I still play it to this day. And we can really get involved in that. Interesting. I think I think this album could hold its own in the final, whereas murder was the case. It's just going to get rinsed in the first round. It hasn't got a hope. Yeah, you may well be right. Um, Larry, what are your thoughts on the on the Pete Rock album? Yeah, it's it's not a favourite of mine, to be honest. I, I can't sort of quite articulate why I don't have more time for it. I think, in fact, there's probably a parallel universe in which it's one of my favourite albums by one of my favourite groups. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, but I just can't get excited by it. And I think CL Smooth is definitely the biggest part of that. I just don't like him at all. Um, and... I'm going to um, I'm going to upset you. I just find Pete Rock's beats on here just generally a bit boring. It's a bit of a kind of gangster. That they're kind of the parallel gangster. That they're the smooth, jazzy gangster. Um, and I feel a deep shame for not liking either of them. But I just can't quite get with this album. I, I just immediately want to kind of skip every track for some reason. Yeah, well, I can't, 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 can't really explain to you why. Like on paper, I should have the same reaction to it as you do, but I didn't have it back in the day. I didn't sort of get it again when I kind of had my, when I got back into hip hop in the early 2000s. And, and now it's just, I can't just, it's just too late for me to kind of get into really. Yeah, well, fair enough. it's quite surprising though, because I know you're a big fan of um, Pete's instrumentals, and this is I love Pete's instrumentals. I think similar. Yeah, it, it is quite similar, um, and in fact, I think he sort of repurposes a couple, at least one thing from this on Pete's instrumentals. I was listening back to it earlier. Yeah, I think you could be right. Um, but yeah, there's just something about it. Um, yeah, find find it very hard to explain, but it, it's just quite. It's a bit mushy sounding and just nothing sticks out for me about it. It's weird. All right. Well, that's fair enough. So you'll be pleased then that it got knocked out in the first round 2-1 by Murder Was The Case soundtrack. Steve, you can give us your thoughts on why you don't think that should be in in our next episode. Come on, y'all. Get live, get down. Damn hot. Welcome. in your town. Come on, come on, y'all. Get live, get down. Damn hot. Welcome. in your town. Let's move on to the third match in Group 2 now, which is uh, a biggie. Uh, it's Word Life by OC versus uh, Illmatic by Nas. For many people, the uh, best hip-hop album of all time. No, um, nasty Nas, I call him. Nasty Nas, yeah, to his friends. Um, yeah. Steve, I can see you making some weird faces uh, in the Zoom screen. Do you want to tell us how you're processing this one? Oh, it's just a crying shame, isn't it? That Word Life is an absolute class album. Proper OC is a proper lyricist. He's a proper skilled rapper. Yeah. I just, I just feel so sorry. This album isn't funny. Well, let, let's just not- sorry. I should just say actually before you go on I, that the, the Illmatic won this one three nil. Um, absolutely trounced OC. Um, took another whitewash three nil for for Nas. Sorry, you're going to Yeah, and I, I think this album potentially could have beaten almost any other album in the, in this World Cup apart from Illmatic. That's that's how I kind of feel, and that's why I just feel it's such a tragedy. Like, can we not like create like a best loser and get this one through to the final because some sort of third place playoff? And like everything about this album is brilliant. The, the rapping and the production. The ITC, but you know, Buckwild is the main producer on here, isn't he? He really shines and. 
marries up really well with, with OC. And I just like every single track on this album. There's nothing I don't like on this album. I just, I don't know. I no weak tracks? Any weak tracks? Not for me, no. No. Nothing. So, Larry, what are your thoughts on, on OC then? Did it, did it deserve the drubbing or was it as a close um, it, does, it should have It certainly didn't deserve drubbing, but for me, it, it's another one that I just didn't have at the time and didn't get back into it subsequently. So, although it's got all the right ingredients for me to kind of love it, I've just never really sort of got past much what I think of the standout tracks, like the ones that hit me instantly. Um, like, uh, you know, Time's Up being the obvious one. Um, and Born to Live and a sort of a few other ones that, that I really like. Um, but yeah, just never kind of really got into it at the time. And yeah, just can't really latch on to it now. But I, can't, I, but I do agree with all the things Steve said about it. Like, you know, the, the, the production's great. He is a really good rapper, but I just don't have a, a sort of, you know, a connection with it, essentially. Can we, yeah. can, can we just talk about Time's Up? Because yeah, let's drill down to that. He's rapping on those is nearly unbeatable yeah it's he, pretty flawless and he changes his cadence it's just so uh, it's just unbelievable absolutely unbelievable it's brilliant he's so like angry you know um, one of the best opening urgent. lines ever as well yeah just fantastic just he's so he, you know his his flow on that is so memorable he's really angry but just the wordplay is brilliant and, and everything about it and also the you know the beat by produced by buck wild yeah. really simple like when you hear the original track he sampled it's quite an easy it's quite a simple flip but it just for some reason it just really works on that and it works it's, it's really quite is it, it's like a david axelrod sample or something, oh, something isn't like it? that it's um yeah a day in the life i think it is uh it's some uh yeah band big band leader type track it's um it's weird i need i can i'm gonna look that up but um but it's so, it's so perfect it, it, it's it's unlike it's a really unique sample as well like there, there's not it's so dark and sinister and there's nothing there's nothing kind of quite like it it is and it is the perfect one because this it's been remixed so many times because the rapping is obviously brilliant but it never sounds better than it does on the, on the original track it's yeah meets it so so well i also really uh, like sorry um, just it's it's uh, a day in the life by les de merle right yeah okay so uh, but it's it's, it's it's remarkably similar to i think it's just a loop it's remarkably similar to the um to what oc raps over yeah sometimes you don't need to do anything with mm. a with a loop like you just ruin it by by messing about with it absolutely i mean yeah time's up it's one i would put on a, on an alien playlist yeah it'd probably be track in the top first couple of tracks it's fantastic yeah. I also really, I really like Born to Live, which I know uses. Yeah. I think it's this Kenny Burke sample yeah. again, isn't it? But in a better but, way. But you can't you can't go wrong with with that sample. You re you really can't. And I, I think now that you mentioned on the main ingredient using um, searching, mm. is searching used on this album as well somewhere? Like a few tracks later. Yeah, but interestingly, it's it's the live version. Right. Um, yes, of it okay, on yeah. on um, point of views. It's it's yeah. him live at Ronnie Scott's. I think. Like Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is really interesting. It. You can hear him talking on on the loop. Oh right. Fascinating. Yeah. That was always fascinated me. What that that has. Yeah. It's it's a really really nice um, really nice use of, of that sample in, in a kind of interesting way. Yeah. And also the, the outro just gets an automatic four out of five for the for the Phaso sample. Right. Of course. Yeah. And it just bang that on your album you've, you've yeah. done up a couple of can't, points can't go wrong can you yeah um it's yeah i mean for me this was this is one of my favorites i used to absolutely love this album 
Um, it's, it's like a perfect example of the DITC sound, perfect example of the Buckwild sound. This is some of his best work, I think. But it's, it's topped off by the fact that I think OC is ama- an amazing lyricist, as, as we've discussed with Time's Up. Um, it, I, you know, it's one of those, he's just got such a great flow, um, a really clear way of communicating, you know, the, his cadence is like just, you know, sometimes, sometimes a rapper just speaks to you or they don't. And OC is one that I'm just on board with straight away. He changes um, his cadence so nicely. And actually some of his content matter and the other tracks are really interesting, like Go Head and No Main Topic. Yeah. It makes you want to listen to those tracks. Just, you know, it's not like a Cooley album. Where it's, like you said, it's just like petty thieving or whatever it is. Yeah, he covers a lot of different topics, doesn't he? And, and Guy Head is just brilliant. That's one of, I think that's Lord Finesse. That's one of his best that is the only Lord Finesse beats. He does all that, that sort of drum roll thing, the snare rolling and stuff that the DITC crew do a lot, which I love. Yeah. It's just think, a really is, good sound. Is OC kind of, um, would you say like one of the lesser known kind of DITC rappers? I think so. I don't think he gets his I flowers. That, like, I don't yeah. think he really does get his props it's um, all sort as of much big, as all big Elvis and Fat Joe, that isn't it? Really, it is. Maybe if OC had died, he would have got a few more. You Maybe, know, yeah. Props, but it's just quite yeah. Well quoted, though, isn't he? Which is quite a compliment. Yeah. I think he's he's a rapper's rapper, isn't he? He is a rapper's rapper. Yeah. He just went about his business quietly, uh, knocked out this album. Then he knocked out another one, um, Jewels, which I think it was '97, which would have been in my '97 list had we had done one, which is fantastic. Like even yeah. post golden era in my opinion still a great album with loads of great beats on it but that we're not we're not talking about that one but um he did an album as well danny with uh, apollo brown which larry might know called trophies in 2012 which is oh yeah absolutely superb album wow okay is it worth checking out Definitely. sounds like it cool okay well um so rather inevitably then it was a 3-0 win for illmatic we can talk more about illmatic in our next episode in the semis Let's move on to our fourth uh, and final game in Group 2, which saw House of Pain's Same As It Ever Was come up against Method Man's Tikal. Uh, we'd never have put these two together, but that's the uh, that's the drama of the World Cup. Yeah. Larry, do you want to go first on this one? You've um, We've got, um, well, let's just, uh, sorry, it's just yeah. to, uh, let you know that it was a 2-1 win for Tikal, Method Man's Tikal. Uh, with you two voting for Tikal and me being the sole vote for Same As It Ever Was. So let's talk about Same As It Ever Was then. Uh, Larry, what are your thoughts on this album? Well, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I've just realised that I've written no notes about it at all. I, and <laughs> I, I, I did sit down to do my notes, but when I go to look at them now, there are none there. So I must have got sidetracked some reason but i'll try and um i'll try and freestyle my thoughts in a in a rap style um top of the day off to, off, the, off the top of the dome just flip, flipping the script and um yeah it's kind of it's it's a decent album isn't it i i think it's um i much prefer it to their first album which is just sort of quite forgettable i think um it's one of those albums where i don't know you could 
in a positive or negative way it's quite all the tracks are kind of hewn from the same cloth aren't they basically they all which is to say they all sound exactly the same basically yeah like it's quite heavy i don't know where he gets all his like double bass samples from there's an awful lot of them i think he's probably just it's probably a it's all like all like a ron carter album or something yeah and he does a like kind that of, um, maybe but he, yeah he does like a solo just, just dug into yeah yeah he does a solo and he, he just uses the same notes or something like in the same plays them on a keyboard or something yeah I don't know. maybe but yeah it's, it's, yeah quite possibly but yeah like the he's got he's got quite a distinctive style like lethal has on this well him and mugs uh but yeah Heavy, heavy on the double bass and little sort of horn stabs, basically. And, and when it works, it works really nicely. Um, but there's quite a lot of filler on the album as well, to be completely honest. Yeah, there is. There is. What are your standouts, though? That's, that's what some of your standouts. The, the, I, I really, the one that I really like is um, "Where I'm From." Okay, like that's that's a five out of five track for me. Like I've, I've, I've kind of got a bit of a personal attachment to it, and. I know it's just again it's one of those sort of back in the day tracks that I always always seem to be attracted to the sort of back in the day kind of subject matter. And this is this is a really good example of it. Um just well, this, really this, this this um this podcast is one big back in the day track, it is, isn't it really? It, if you is, think about it. it is. If you if you think about it, yeah. Um so yeah, so I love that. It's got got a really good beat to it as well. Um the, the, the beat on it is quite it, it, it's sim it's made of similar stuff to the rest of them, but it's elevated. Like if all of the tracks on there were as good as that, it would be, it would be a kind of stone cold classic, I think. Um, Who's the man's really good as well. Um, yeah. Always love that. Uh, it ain't a crime is good. It's the kind of nice st like story kind of track um, with a that good beat. Too much like Cypress Hill though that track, I think. Yeah, it's very Cypress Hill. Yeah, it is. Is, is it a mugs? Is it uh, a yeah, mugs produced track? I think so. I think it's all mugs. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's mugs and lethal, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's all you know, soul assassins. It's all, a lot of it does sound, all sounds very similar. But yeah, there's kind of there's just looking at the old um, true score system and how that's interpreted. These there's lots of kind of you know, lots of three point fives, three point seven fives, and then a few kind of four and about four and fives, but very little kind of very few twos so it's yeah it's, it's pretty pretty consistent so so um, unlucky unlucky to go out really it's uh it's quite narrow i think so i just i'm, I'm i just i love to cow basically so yeah fair enough uh steve house of pain talk to me yeah well i'm gonna you know disclose that this is an album i didn't know and um so i had to listen to it and actually i think it's really good i i, I think it's an album i've slept on it i don't really know why because i I, I know the first um, uh, album, and um, I just don't think I kind of carried on to listen to this one. I think Everlast is a is a good rapper. He gets kind of six of my Coolio scale. He's got he's got a good voice, hasn't he? He's got a really Everlast. distinctive voice, isn't he? It's kind of like a bit like gruff. a growl. It's a growl. Yeah, I love I love Everlast's rapping style. I love his voice. Yeah. I love the way he raps. It's so simple, and it's as close as close to catchy as you can get yeah. with a rapper. It's like yeah. his flow just makes it easy to remember the, the lines. And that's why yeah. Jump yeah. Around has endured. You know, that's why On Point endures, because you remember the lyrics because of the way he delivers them. They're very yeah. easy to say. I, I wrote exactly that in my notes. Danny. His rhymes are really good and he just kind of just, he's able to kind of swing really well between his verses. I think yeah. he's good. And, and Danny Boy, I you know, he seems like a good compliment to, to the group as well. 
but I definitely felt the same as you, Larry. This was it. It's a, it, it like it's a good long play. It's consistent, but just so samey. And what yeah. see, the trouble with this album is there, there's just no great tracks. It's just all samey. Maybe apart from I like the I'm a Swing It track, which I think is the, probably the popular track. But maybe that's because I haven't listened to it as much as you. But I thought that's that's a good track. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm a Swing. I, I want to talk about I'm a Swing It because I love that. There are. F- there, I don't think there are many tracks that get you nodding your head quite as instantly as I'm a Swing It. The minute it comes on, it's something about that. Yeah. It's just it, it's simple. It's an it's an abject lesson in what was it object lesson in hip hop simplicity. Just yeah. you know, be and you and, and you and you can hear the twelve bits of the SP twelve hundred on that as well, yeah. can't you? Yeah, it's just it's it's so good. But also, there's there's lyrically, it's pretty good as well. There's loads of really quotable lines where he talks about I'm not like Phil Collins, I'm more like Henry Rollins. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's uh, towards the end there's a really vicious diss of DJ Quick. I don't know if you heard that, Larry. It's really worth listening to. No, I didn't actually. He absolutely lays into DJ Quick at the end of that track, talking about going to a swap meet to get his hair and his nails done and stuff like that. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Listen to it again um, with that hat on. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was um, Word Is Bond, which is a Diamond D production. Yes. Which yeah. at yeah. the time it, this made real waves at the time because it was considered a really really great track. Um, great sample. Uh, really nice. Um, Baseline uh, on the chorus, uh, the, the samples he cuts up for the hook is just—it's genius, absolute genius. Yeah. Um, so that was always one I loved back in the day, and on the opening track, "Back from the Dead," I love with that trumpet sample. Just great start to an album, and you know instantly where you are with it. You know, it sets its stall out right from the start. Um, it's a good—it's a good good cover as well. Just just going yeah. back to word, "Word Is Born," that that um that that sample is really soulful, and it and it kind of like. The aggressive like samples in the chorus are a really like nice compliment. I thought that was really cleverly done. If that's yeah, what it's always a really weird little kind of like, almost like a choir kind of sample. It's weird. It's like a like an angelic voice soaring over the, the chorus. It's uh, really interesting, but fundamentally a real good Diamond D beat as well. You can hear it's his, his sort of fingerprints all over it. Um, yeah. So yeah, love that track. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think this is a bit of a surprise entry um, in the 94 World Cup, if I'm being honest. Um, when you mm. consider the calibre of the others, I did think it was a bit strange that this got in and things like Curious didn't. Um, but it got the votes, you know, that's how it works. You know, got to, enough of us voted for it to, to get in and you can't argue with that. Uh, I think, did, did, yeah. you, did you know that, sorry to interrupt, did, did you know that um, Everlast was part of the Rhyme Syndicate? Uh, Ice T's Ice T's gang. Right. Yeah. No. Apparently, apparently he was in that, and he was also like he he says that he was um he was around when Straight Outta Compton was being made. Like he I was. Quite believe he was, it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he was he was like opening up for kind of you know various big acts like N.W.A. and Ice T at the time, and was yeah around that kind of um around them when that was being made. Cool. Yeah, so he's got he's got hip hop chops then. He's uh, got credentials. He's, he's got credentials in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah, so just to round up then on um, same as it ever was. Uh, you know, good album, good mugs production. Um, uh, it's probably you know probably not. It's probably a bit too simple to, to be considered. You know, one that hip hop purists are going to like. And I don't think Everlast is particularly respected as an MC, but there's something no. so irresistible about the way he raps. And uh, when you combine that with the kind of simplicity of the beats and the, the bass lines and stuff, it just makes a really enjoyable album. Yes, probably a bit long. Yes, probably a bit repetitive, but just yeah, solid. And I think this is we always like this one. I always like this one more than probably 
you know, I otherwise would have back in the day. Um, but inevitably, came up against Method Man, and you two are big, big fans of that, as you will no doubt express in the next episode. Um, so, yeah, Takao goes through to the next round. And that brings us to the end, chaps. That was round one. Um, uh, eight hard-fought matches there. Um, the winners that are going through, just to recap, are Casuals, Fear Itself, Common Sense's Resurrection, The Beat Nuts and The Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die, Method Man's Decal, Murder Was the Case soundtrack, Illmatic by Nas and Paris's Gorilla Funk. Really strong lineup, chaps. Um, this is going to be a massive show, the next one, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to, to, to have knocked out some of the albums in this round, like, just shows just shows you how incredible the albums that are going through to the to the final are absolutely steve final thoughts before we head off into the sunset i can't wait for the draw to be fair I, I, you know i want to see uh, who who comes up against who and um i think it's going to be nearly impossible to choose the winner but can't wait uh, until then, uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know whether you agree or disagree with any of the stuff we've been spouting in this episode. Uh, we're at Hip Hop World Cup. Um, well, if you just want to share your thoughts on 90s hip hop in general, come and uh, see us there. But for now, thanks for listening. Uh, and until the next time, we're ghosts like Patrick Swayze. Peace. Daniel says on the <laughs> yeah. I'll do one you Still can cut this in later <laughs> <laughs> come on help us get that trunk out okay <laughs> right <laughs>